I think we're both kind of lazy. And so <laughs> it's like, man, I don't want to work that hard. Like I work plenty. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather make less money. I'd like to make comparable money, but I'd, I'd like to make less money than that person and work half as much. Like I'd yeah. rather just have a easygoing life than have to always be sharking for my next, you know, bite, you know? Oh yeah. No, that's, um, that's a bad way to be. No systems, humility, uh, and doing the work, but not, not going crazy. You know, you could, you could just be consistent and, you know, with you, you showed that you could grow a podcast from a local following with nobody to now a national level interviewing tons of famous people and having fun. This is digital marketing. Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the president of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you'll be focused on to the cutting edge tactics and tools that are working today. Today, our guest is Ben Albert, the owner and founder of Real Business Connections, and he uh, he doesn't even like stats, so I'm not even going to start with that because you could have one listener and you'll be a happy guy, right? Dude, if, if my grandma's listening... And she gains value. If you, the listener, are listening and you gain value and you implement something, just a little thing that you learned today, my work here is done. So I have a lot of listeners, but I, I, I try to remain as humble as possible. No, that makes a ton of sense. And I think it, it goes to that, you know, kind of one-to-one connection that we're all trying to make all the time. But, you know, in marketing, you tend to be like, well, I could hit a billion people. And then it uh, leads to connecting with no one. So I actually really like that perspective. Yeah. You, and I don't, we can take this anywhere, but you and I talked offline, how I started with a local podcast is like, was my first move as a marketer. And my audience was so tiny, but every member of my audience were people I wanted to learn from and target customers because they were local business owners and I was a local marketer. And when I rebranded to be national, I actually saw a decrease in downloads for some time. Mm -hmm. And now it's been ramping way up, but I actually decreased sales and downloads when I went national because my local audience liked that I was local and it was small, but I, I can't serve a million people anyway, so I don't need to. Well, and you can't keep a million people happy, at least not off the bat, you know, because I think I, I love that progression that you talk about, because I think focusing on local makes it so much easier to generate content that, you know, at least a small group of people will identify with. So let's just let's just talk about that, you know, kind of the the local focus for podcasting and just content creation in general versus, uh, you know, I'm going to take over the world and connect with 8 billion people. It's not going to happen. <laughs> It's not. It's not. And a lot of times we think it's going to happen and then we hear crickets. I, we I know hope I, it's going to happen. <laughs> we, hope, we believe it's going to happen and, and, and it might happen. It might. Yeah. But it's a low probability. I want to stack the probability in my favor. Um, I, I was a exec for a more corporate marketing firm and COVID hit and we were doing video production, all sorts of marketing all across the states. No travel, no video, no sales, no reason for me to be there. So I didn't lose that much sleep over it. I got furloughed um, and honestly, like didn't know what I, I didn't know what to do, to be honest. Hmm. It was the middle of COVID. It was 2020. I was in a dark place. I was in a, just, I didn't know what my max move was going to be. 
But I had hosted a podcast, a local, again, Rochester, New York's where I'm from. So a local Rochester music podcast that I had started in 2016. And I saw value in like just highlighting my local community. I started the podcast just because I was a musician, loved musicians, did marketing for musicians and liked getting into places for free. So I did it for fun for many, many of time. Then when I was in that dark spot and I was furloughed, I was like, okay, what do I know? I know Mm. that as a marketer, this laptop in front of me is mostly what I need. I mean, there's certain things like video production. Yeah, you want tools, but web design, SEO, there's a lot of things I can do just from my laptop right here. I already have experience with podcasting. I'm born and raised in Rochester, New York. Why don't I just start a Rochester business podcast? Because I also knew that I was a minnow in an ocean of sameness. No one knew who I was, cared who I was. The music industry is all just like partiers and pot smokers. So that wasn't my target market going forward as I basically redefined music Ben into business Ben. Hmm. Redefined, let's not do a music show about the scene. Let's do a business show because I know there's plenty of industry leaders in Rochester, New York that can do two things for me. One, they can teach me things that I don't know. I'm not an MBA. I've never ran a business. I don't know what I'm doing. So (laughs) let's talk to people who do, even if they're just a few steps ahead of me. And I can take their 20, 30, 50 years experience, their 100 million in revenue, and turn it into an hour where I can ask them anything I want. Secondly, it's kind of like I don't do it for the transaction, but it's true. They are possible clients of mine. I'm a business owner. I'm a marketer. They're local. I'm local. It's COVID, so we can't even go get coffee. But hey, you know, and this is exactly what I did. I could literally, I'm just going to be exactly what I did. I went to SUNY Brockport, uh, State University of New York Brockport. So I went on LinkedIn. I got LinkedIn Sales Navigator. We can talk about that if you want. But all I did on Sales Navigator is type in um, SUNY Brockport alumni, business mm-hmm. owners who live in Rochester started a Rochester business podcast, reached out and said, hey, Mark, I see you went to SUNY Brockport as well. Congrats on making it big time. If they connected, let's have a conversation. If not, it was spray and pray. I connected with a lot of people. The people who connected, take a look at their profile. Dude, congrats on 11 years at Digital Marketer. You're obviously kicking butt. Um, I'm launching a podcast next month. Base, uh, I didn't have a name, Rochester Networking Business Connections. Just bleh. It wasn't as good of a pitch as I'm making it sound like I was all over the place. Would you like to be highlighted as an industry leader? That's it. And then suddenly yeah. the kid who didn't know what he was doing had just started a business, had some marketing chops, some sales chops, but honestly didn't know what he was doing, was getting in the door and sitting down for an hour with mentors that would change his life. And it was that oh, simple. And the only reason it worked for me is because I went to SUNY Brockport alumni when if I were to reach out to, I don't know, uh, Pat Flynn or you or Jordan Harbinger, I would have gotten laughed at. Ah, no, I, I, I talk to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't so know that, any names. <laughs> there's a lot of nuanced things that prepared me to be successful. And there's a lot of things I did. Like I, I replaced my income as a sales executive in just over a year. And it was because of all the preparation that led me to this opportunity. So we can talk about whatever you want, but that's why I joke like metrics, things like that. Like I'm not here to brag or impress or impress upon the point. I'm really, that's what I'm here to do. Impress upon the point. I'm not here to like be braggadocious that 
I'm just an ordinary dude that started a little local podcast with a little bit of marketing chops and then replaced his sales executive income. And it actually wasn't all that complicated. It was just putting my chips on my city. Well, I wouldn't call that normal at all because it shows <laughs> that you could, you know, you you could pound the pavement, you know, because that, you know, marketing at the end of the day, especially when you're getting started is all about just doing the work and, and the work that most people think that they shouldn't have to do. Like, oh, I could automate finding podcast guests, or I could automate, uh, you know, contacting a million people and instead just take that humble approach, taking the, I'm going to do the work and then just going out and doing it is like, it's like 90% of success as, as far as I could tell from all the people I've talked to like you. And then here we go. Got another case study. So, and I, I love the local approach where it's, you know, a lot of people overthink the the customer avatar. You think about your target market, think about all these things. And all you did was, hey, I went to this school and there's successful people that went to the school too. <laughs> How's it going? Like, oh man, I, like just per, me personally, when people contact me and say like, oh, hey, I went to the same school or whatever. I'm like, oh. You took the time to actually look at the stuff I did. That's that's great. Sure, good talk. So, no, love that approach. And and I think you know your story is perfect for kind of just that podcast development process. So I figure what we could talk about is one why marketers need to focus. Like if you're getting started, why focusing locally is the easiest cheat you can do. Uh, and then maybe just give some uh, tips in terms of getting started and and to keep you motivated because it does take, like you said, it took you a year to replace your income, but a year is not really that long. So it, it, could you break down kind of like what would that year look like as you were getting going? Yeah. And I, I want to kind of answer some questions. Like it doesn't even have to be local. It doesn't have to be SUNY Brockport. Maybe you're not, you didn't go to college. It's finding just a single commonality that gives a reason to bridge the gap and start a conversation. I think a big thing, and I'm on places like Podmatch, and I love guesting on shows, and I love having great guests. I think a big issue we run into is people just bring anyone on to their show, and people just get on any show, and they'll just talk to anybody. And chamber events are great. They're a good example. You can go to a chamber event, meet a lot of people, but how deliberate are you being? So podcasting with SUNY Brockport in my city was just being deliberate on exactly who I wanted to connect with and bridging the gap quite easily. Another thing I, I like to do, it's like people are like, Ben, you're from Rochester, New York. People love you. Like, I'm not you. And it's like, I'd rather, I, I want to see this happen. I, we need to find a test subject. Someone who's very young, has no experience Maybe they just started college or even better, they don't have an education. They just moved to a new city. As simple as saying like, Mark, I'm impressed with everything you're doing. I'm getting to know the city because I'm brand new here. Mm. I'd love to showcase you on this local podcast so I can kind of document my experience in your great city. What do you think is going to happen? People are going to want to spend time with you. They're going to want to buy you drinks. They're going to show you places. They're going to make introductions. And all you did is say, hey, I'm new here and I'm I'm here to ask questions and listen. Um, so that's the biggest thing I could tell anybody because this is kind of a podcast vein discussion. But all I did is ask questions, show up, listen, and provide as much value as possible. And if you do that, you don't have to be Mark or me. You don't have to be anybody, just someone who's curious and ready to learn. Surround yourself with the right people. And then you'll get the momentum you need to actually become the person that you were learning from. 
Oh, that's fantastic. Well, and it really kind of highlights the, um, you know, you do have to tamp down your ego because I think mm. with a lot of people, they're like, well, well, it goes both directions. They could say like, well, I'm too important to, you know, pound the pavement and and call people and tell them that I'm new and things like that. And then the flip side is the, you know, the other side of ego, which was, uh, I'm not good enough to do that, or I'm not qualified to do that. And so, you know, I think your approach of, of humility and then just openness to learn is, is probably the, like you said, the only thing you need because everything else you could develop just talking to people, you know, for mm-hmm. me, like I I'm, I'm really introverted and I never had good conversations until I just said, well, I, I hosted like 120 podcasts last year. And I'm like, cause I was the same. I was like, I've podcasted a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> but then you go do it and you'll get better. But you do have to start with that. Like, just be open, understand that these people know more than you. And that's a good thing. And then just go do the work. Mark, I get the impression you know yourself well, and I think that's important because I'm an introverted person as well. And I'll be honest, one thing I like about podcasting is the controlled environment. Mm. Same headset every single time, same camera, same TV. I know I sound good. I know I look good. Pretty quiet in here. I peed right beforehand. I had lunch. (laughs) It's in my home. Going out to a loud clanky bar where maybe it's a networking event might overwhelm you. And if so, mm-hmm. figure out where your sweet spot is and do that because someone might be the opposite. They're like life of the party and podcasting actually might not be a good time investment. A better time investment is to get in front of people, let them feel your energy because you're the life of the party. But it, I think it takes a little self-awareness to know what route um, is best for someone to go. It is. And, you know, it's, uh, it does require you to know yourself, but, you know, I always say like most people don't know themselves and, it, mm. and one of the reasons is because they, they haven't experienced anything. You know, it's, it's like the kid who's like 18 and like, I'm going to be this. And you're like, are you sure? Cause you haven't done anything yet. You might <laughs> hate that thing. <laughs> like, why don't you just get a job and find out like what you actually like. And then you could go, like, I just found out like six months ago you know, and I'll be 40 in June. So like, it takes some time. But yeah. uh, if you just, you know, like you said, the humility and going into it, with just an open mind, you could figure everything out and then do the work. You know, there's no, there's no avoiding that. You're not going to automate podcast. I talk about AI all the time and it's like, oh, it's going to do all these things. It's like, it can, or you could just turn on the camera and do some work. <laughs> Yeah, get to work. I, I like that you're bringing out some of the nuances because sometimes, so I'm struggling and I'm lazy and I I have a lot of bad habits. It's just factual. I sometimes assume that the listener, and I think most of your listeners probably are, very driven, very hungry, very hard working. And even if they feel like they're not, they know they have it in them to take that step. So I kind of assume but sometimes we forget that not everybody is hungry, not everybody is hardworking, not everybody is driven, not everybody's even intelligent. And a lot of the non-intelligent people are the cockiest. So if I'm talking about you, I am sorry if that's offensive, but it's just true. <laughs> but I think you're most of your know. listeners, <laughs> most of your listeners are probably going to kick some butt. And this is why we do that um, to, to basically help them continue to kick butt. 
Oh, I love that. Well, and in the, in the uh, vein of kicking butt, we also talked about, you know, before we got on the testimonials. And I think, you know, another flip side of, uh, you know, doing the work, getting the content is a lot of times we drop the ball afterwards and and you you set the thing up, you did the interview, you generated the podcast, and then that was it. And then you move on to the next one. Whereas what you do is you have a technique for collecting testimonials during the podcast. Did I get that right? Hundred percent. I'm gonna I'm gonna do do as I say, not as I do, because I don't always do this perfectly. I'm gonna tell you what I used to do, which worked, and then lead into what I'm currently doing. And now I do both. So what I used to do, and it worked, is first off, you want to give someone a great experience, like them coming on your everything from booking them to be on the show, to the way you ask questions, the way you show up, to the way you promote, to the way you follow up, maybe you um, exchange numbers, keep in touch. That gives them a business-like experience so they can become a referral partner, a friend. Most of my li- – I mentioned how a lot of the people were business owners in my hometown when I got started. Most of them did not become clients. But a handful of them became referral partners and a huge handful became mentors. And those two categories, referrals and mentors, is what led me to clients. So it's not like I'm trying to sell them, but they'll leave you testimonials. They'll leave you goodwill. For example, um, on the follow-up, I would put my Google, my business, my it's Google mm. business profile nowadays. I always mess it up. Put my Google business profile link and ask for a review. And now I have a ton of reviews that are all genuine and not all of them are clients, but all of them saw what it would look like to work with me by being on the podcast. So they're happy to leave me a review. So now I have a bunch of Google reviews. Boom, I hacked that. Now, when I rebranded to be a national show, used to be Rochester Business Connections, Rochester, New York Business Connections is what happens when you send a friend request on LinkedIn. So I wanted to hack the fact that people knew what a connection was based on LinkedIn. That's where I was doing my marketing. And we were all lacking connection because it was in the middle of a freaking pandemic. So I, I feel like I'm a genius, but I didn't realize what I was doing. A lot of it was intuitive. But when I rebranded from Rochester Business Connections to Real Business Connections, I started to bring on a lot larger guests like Emmy Award winners, YouTube mm. channels with like hundreds of millions of freaking views to bring on bigger guests that little leave a review link in my follow-up email would get ignored and realistically a lot of these bigger names didn't share the show and i lose no sleep because they could have charged me fifty thousand for a keynote and i got a one-on-one for free so if you didn't share the show i didn't lose any sleep over it but i wasn't getting testimonials or reviews and what i learned is it's recording right now. And you and I will do this, assuming you don't say anything to offend me, which I'm sure you won't. I'm going to leave you a review when we're done because we've already clicked record. You can edit out the, hey, do you want a review part? So what I do nowadays, and people who are listening to this are going to start to see more and more and more of them. Mm. I kindly, calmly ask every podcast guest, especially if it's a big name that I love that review, And I did bring value. It's not like I'm trying to squeeze it out of them. Hey, I really appreciate your time. Say no at any second if this feels weird, but I was wondering if you could leave me like a 30 second video testimonial. One, so I can like help promote this episode and two, so we can reach more people together. That's all I say. And believe it or not, the success rate on, yeah, sure. 
is basically a hundred. I have, I've had one no out of 11 straight. Um, and one person we ran over time, so I couldn't, but imagine what that does. It takes another 30 seconds out of their day. What I'm actually doing is I'm ending the time three minutes early. I'm adding mm. buffer to ask them without going over because then it becomes a little awkward because I'm stealing their time. So I end three to five minutes early. I ask for a 30 second review. Now we could go on a long tangent. What do you think I can do with that review? I can add it to my website. I can use the video for a video campaign. Long term, I can take all the reviews, chop them up into little bits, have that as an intro to the show. I can add it to a press kit for my speaking kit. Even though it's them speaking to me, it's still words that they said. Add it to my speaking kit, add it to my booking kit. And then also in addition, which is something I was doing well before I was asking for reviews, is I can name drop previous guests when I talk to a bigger guest. So when I talk to, I don't know, you and I both joked about um, knowing Brad Lee. You probably know him way better Mm -hmm. than I do. He hasn't been on the show, but a lot of people he knows has been. So I'll get him on the show. And I'll tell him what I'm doing. I'll be like, Brad, I'm going to name drop a bunch of people. But what happens is is if if Brad and Mark and Hala Taha and Chris Van Vliet, if Amberly Lago, if all these people think Ben's all right, can't be that bad. And guess what I did? All I did is ask, and I asked on the spot, so I didn't have to force them to take time out of their day, pick up the phone, script it. Like it happened. I I joke, and I'm going to shut up after this. Back in the day, we used to joke, uh, I used to joke about like, let's say you met a girl, you're really excited, like you think it might be love. Are you going to get her drunk, drive her home, and then last second go in for a kiss? It would be very awkward. You want to go in for a kiss at an emotional high point. Is there a higher emotional high point than at the end of a podcast when the guest feels like you delivered? That's the time to ask. So as a marketer, as a salesperson, you want to ask for a review immediately when they're on an emotional high and they're happy to be with you. And then you get the highest probability of getting it. Oh, man, that is so easy. And (laughs) well, well, it's one of those things where it's like, it sounds obvious. Like, yeah, of course, you're already recording. You're already talking. Why would you not try to get that now? Now, I think from you know, the, uh, you know, low self-esteem host might be like, well, I've already asked all these questions and I'm, I'm so thankful they came on the show at all. I don't want to take that extra step because they might think I'm needy or I'm only doing this for the testimonial or, you know, there's a million different ways that people overthink this situation instead of what you said, which is like, hey, we're doing great. What'd you think? And then there you go. You know, and I'm going to do this to you at the end, just so you know, I'm going to ask for a testimonial after we get off the show <laughs> and I'm going to start doing it to everybody now. And if you're more comfortable, again, you it's permission based, ask permission. Um, Cal Fussman's one of the greatest writers and storytellers I've ever heard. He was best friends with Larry King. They used to have breakfast together every day for like 10 years. We ran long because I didn't want to, he's telling stories, but I wanted to respect his time. So I let him go. But there was a part in the interview where he talked about my demeanor, my voice. And so I messaged him, Cal, can I use what you said as just like a quick testimonial? He's like, yeah, sure. That's simple. So I didn't even have to ask for it. I asked afterwards, but he had already said it. So it's not like I coerced him into saying anything he didn't believe. Oh, yeah. Well, on top of that, you know, it's more exposure for the guest, which is why they're on your show anyways. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it's it's not a... (laughs) 
you know, it's not a selfless thing they're doing because I love giving testimonials whenever people ask, because I'm like, great, my name is somewhere and you care enough about it to list it. Like this is all win for everybody. Yeah, it's it's a win. All that's at the core. This is something we haven't said, but this is the point of everything that's come out of my mouth. It's mutual benefit. In every case, it's I'm going to highlight you, help you, endorse you, bring your audience to you, and then I get this person's time, wisdom, and goodwill. It's it's a mutual exchange, and as long as you're providing a mutual exchange, um. And you're working with people that want to <laughs> provide mutual exchanges. I don't care if you're a marketer. I don't care what role you're in. You're going to be surrounded by kick butt people and you're probably going to do some cool things. No, that's, that's fantastic. And again, it's, uh, you know, I, I pay to keep going back to the self-development stuff, but you do need a lot of humility to do this stuff and to make it worthwhile because, you know, if you approach it from the, you know, the alpha, whatever, like I'm the big thing, it's going to be really hard to connect with people because it's not about you, right? It's about the guest and the people who you could learn from. And so I will say that that is, uh, it's a qualifier because you got to leave the ego at the door before you come in. Have you ever seen like a podcast or a YouTube channel, specifically podcasts, because YouTube, there's a lot of just single talking heads, a podcast where it's a one person talking head and they're brilliant, but they have no audience, no momentum, and it doesn't lead to sales. I like that they're building thought leadership. I think it's great, especially if you in an in, in interview show, do solo episodes, be a talking head. But how are you going to build audience and relationships and lead to sales if it's just you talking to yourself in the camera? Bring other people in the conversation. And honestly, it requires humility that they know something you don't. Mm. Well, and, you know, you only know what you know, right? That's why you listen instead of uh, what you should be doing, which is asking <laughs> questions all the time. Yeah. So, I hope we no, trigger I, a bunch of people. I feel like it's, 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 it's a tough pill to swallow, but I, I, I believe it's kind of the truth. And some people just have the wrong mindset around this kind of stuff. Well, you know, the, the flip side is there's plenty of people who tell people that like, no, it's about you, you go get it. You do the work, you, 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 and it's, it's, uh, wrong for the most part. <laughs> and, and it's, uh, will lead to not a lot of growth is, is what I've seen. Cause you know, for me, I'm, I'm kind of reformed from, uh, yeah, I was always, always willing to learn, but that that's just a personality trait, you know, not something I developed. I just like to learn. I, I can tell that about you. I, this analogy just came up. I know I'm all over, I'm talking faster than usual today. I'm just, I think I'm excited to be with you, Mark. It's, um, <laughs> I'm excited to be here. People are like, you know, I put my, I picked myself up from my bootstraps. I, I did it on my own. I grit resilience. And I'm like, did you make the bootstraps? Mm. Cause you didn't make the bootstraps. So you didn't do it on your own already. Someone made the bootstraps, someone made the boots, someone made the clothes. So you didn't do it all on your own. And then when you start kind of letting that expand, what did we actually do on our own? <laughs> Everything we did was in a reflection of whether or not anyone was paying attention to us doing it. It's the whole tree falls in the wood thing. No one perceives it. It never happened. Or you can go and see that it happened, but it's too late. So it's like people are like, I can do this alone. It's the dumbest mentality ever. You don't need to do it alone. 
it's there's certain things like wiping your own butt that you probably need to do alone. But most things don't require you to pull yourself up and do it. Like find someone that can help you. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, digital marketer, one of the biggest things we have is kind of our core frameworks. And we always reference like the five frameworks. And and that's the reason we do that is because instead of you going out to, you know, spend millions of dollars and develop these things yourself or spend just lots of time to try to do it yourself, make something that's worse. We just say, hey, we already figured this out and we didn't figure out ourselves either. We talked to 100,000 agencies and that's where this came from. It's not from us. And you could use it, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. You'll develop your own stuff eventually, maybe if it's necessary. But, you know, since you're someone who's talked to a lot of successful people, you realize that they didn't do it on their own either. They're Mm -hmm. all successful and they all love to learn and they're all humble enough to keep on doing that. And so, yeah, no, that's key to success. That's where we ended up. (laughs) Humility. A lot of them are so humble that I ask questions they don't have a good answer and it's nothing no fault it's just it's within them to have a certain demeanor it's hard to teach this kind of stuff like it's just kind of something that you intuitively have or you don't in a lot of cases and if you're not humble and if you're aggressive and you're sleazy you're you're gonna lose in marketing you're gonna lose in business oh yeah well and you know those people i i know some of those people and what you do what they have is just massive turnover where it's like okay (laughs) i'm gonna sell this thing it's crap i know it's crap you're gonna find out it's crap and then you're gonna fire me and then i'll get the next person who doesn't know me and then the next person who doesn't know me and it's a big world you could do that you could operate like that it's just unpleasant and way more work i think we're both kind of lazy and so (laughs) <laughs> it's like, man, I don't want to work that hard. Like I work plenty. Yeah. I'd I'd rather I'd rather make less money. I'd like to make comparable money, but I'd I'd like to make less money than that person and work half as much. Like I'd yeah. rather just have a easygoing life than have to always be sharking for my next, you know, bite, you know? Oh yeah. No, that's um that's a bad way to be. No, systems, humility, uh, and doing the work, but not not going crazy. You know, you could you could just be consistent. And, you know, with you, you showed that you could grow a podcast from a local following with nobody to now a national level interviewing tons of famous people and having fun, which I don't know if you mentioned fun, but this is fun. Oh, yeah. It's it's a core value. You know, I used to think one of my core values was fun. I think it's fulfillment because mm-hmm. a lot of it isn't fun, but it really like fills me up. And when you're fulfilled, you have more time to have fun. A lot of the stuff, I mean, you know, this is a marketer. A lot of it's actually kind of annoying. And I do a lot of data entry, for example. It's not necessarily oh, yeah. fun, but it's pretty darn fulfilling. And, and that's that's what makes it fun, you know? Oh, yeah. Progress, uh, you know. Oh, well, and progress doesn't mean that everything's going up all the time. You know, you, you mm. also see the numbers and you can see like, well, wow, these could improve. And now, even though it's you know, a negative, technically it's still progress. So it's still a positive. So yeah, everything could be a positive if you look at it right. Hey man, dude, I feel like we started with local podcasts and now we're on like, <laughs> this could be one of those four hour Joe Rogan things where we just like talk about the meaning of life. It's it's cool to spend the time with you, man. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I am, I'm actually turning my personal podcast into this kind of stuff because it usually leads here. So marketers, I'm sorry. If you just want marketing tips, but we did a few of those. So 
I think we're good with personal development. But most of the time, well, this, this is coming up. I keep on talking about AI because it's uh, my personal hot topic in addition to just being a massive trend. Uh, a lot of the stuff that we currently do, the tedious analytic type stuff is going to be automated. So what you're going to mm. end up with is personal relations, you know, connections that you're making and your ability to manage those relationships and creativity and style. And those are the three skills that are going to be left if everything else that we do is automated. Those will still be relevant. So there you go. Into that, if if person A and person B have the exact same results, who are you going to go with? Oftentimes the person that got there first, but definitely the person that you like more, the person that's differentiating, the person that you build a relationship with, you remember. (laughs) Yeah. And that's like 90% of it. And that's where the consistency comes in. And that's where the, you know, everything else that we, we discussed so far happens is because of that, you know, the one step you took. So thank you so much for coming on. I think uh, we covered a range of topics, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think everybody just needs to remember that do the work, be humble when you're doing it. And if you want to cheat, start local with connections you technically already have and then grow from there. I'm into that, man. Love it. All right. Where, where can people find out more about you and what you do? Anywhere someone heard this. Well, first off, click five stars, subscribe, leave a review. You don't have to leave a review if you don't have the time. But literally by the time I'm done talking, you can hit five stars and subscribe. So support Mark and everything digital marketing is doing. You can find real business connections anywhere you found this. So whether it's your podcast app or Google, like the website, just type in real business connections. And if you don't find me, try to find me and let me know because I'm not doing my job as a marketer, but just type in real business connections and I'll pop up. Awesome. Well, we'll we'll include the link as well so that there'll be no excuses for uh, connecting with Ben Albert and Real Business Connections. And we really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, and we'll have to have you back soon. And like I said, we might uh, I might have you on my personal podcast. And then we could do a whole bunch of nerdy personal development type talk that is so valuable <laughs> that that we have to include somewhere. So we'll do that. Well, and and I'll have you on my show where it's 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 business related, but it's also very personal development related. Um, and I, I don't know if it's on the calendar yet, but we'll make sure that if you're subscribed to my show, you'll see Mark pop up on the feed soon as well. So let's get that booked and, and keep the conversation going. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Ben. I am for sure there and anything else you need, uh, I'm always available. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes release. Please share this with that friend who's clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarketer.com where you can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time. This is Digital Marketer. Get ready for the two easiest ways for you to generate product photos for your e-commerce store. I'm Lauren Petrullo, founder and CEO of Mongoose Media and Digital Marketer Academy faculty member. I've managed over 50,000 SKUs for over 100 different e-commerce sites, and I cannot tell you the importance of quality product photos. Not only are they important for your website, but they're great to be repurposed in your email marketing campaigns, your paid ad initiatives, and your organic social media content. It's imperative that you have great photos because great photos sell your products and start conversations with your consumers. 
There are two great solutions when seeking out quality product photos for your e-commerce site. One, UGC. We know that native user-generated content wins all day on social. When you can get your customers to share back their use of your products in their voice, in their personal applications, you will see dividends when that is repurposed in your paid ads and organic social feeds. Secondly, don't have customers or UGC yet? Not a problem. There are cost-effective solutions in which you can outsource that photography. This and so much more is covered in my modules in our e-commerce cert with Digital Marketer.